What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. Welcome back to the Why I Never Work, where we interview every job occupation, A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job too. I'm your host, Gil Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Mr. Mike Ahern. Now, Mike is a certified addiction recovery coach at Mountainside Treatment Center. In his current role, he helps people struggling with substance use and mental health disorders to find happiness and success in recovery, partnering with them to create wellness plans, develop financial literacy, and recenter school and work. His personal experiences overcoming opioid addiction at a young age have fueled his passions for guiding others towards personal growth. And he has a lot to share with us today. So, Mike, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. Let's go. Now, Mike, how are you doing today? It's a beautiful day, man. Yes, sir. That it is. That it is. That it is. So, uh, Mike, I want to go ahead and roll into these questions because uh, I'm very interested in uh, this career path myself. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So why did you become an addiction recovery coach? Well, it's funny. Um, So I've been sober for the past six years. And when I first got sober, the last thing I wanted to do was really work in this field. Um, But the more that, you know, I just kind of was there for people who also struggled the more i realized it was a calling you know this field is a calling um and this was an element of the field that was brand new um i felt that i could you know really make a name for myself with it and just really help people you know everyone has had a clinician everyone's had a doctor or a therapist or something like that not everyone's had a recovery coach and i feel like because of my own personal experience like I can say to my clients, like, I've been there. You know, I haven't been in your shoes specifically, but I've been in a very similar arena that they have been in. And it's just, it's a passion thing. It really is. You know, you really want to be there for people. You really want to help people. And it's not just the individual. It's the family. It's the loved ones that also come into play and helping them regain those relationships. That is, yeah, that's very, that's very interesting that you mentioned the family and the loved ones and all that. I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. So what was the process like? So, uh, from, you know, uh, where you were in, you know, you not even wanted to be a part of the, um, addiction recovery, you know, being an addiction recovery coach to, you know, becoming one, uh, what was that process like for you? Um, you know, I think, I think part of it is we all, we all want to try to be passionate about something as like a movement or something like that. And this is an arena that was, for a long time kind of like pushed by the wayside and swept under the rug and the more i got involved in the field and you know doing public speaking and and really networking i kept hearing about this new recovery coach path type thing so you do have to go to you know like a program for it you get certified you have a lot of training with it and it covers a lot of bases it covers like ethics it covers you know how to work with clients certain strategies you know wellness planning things like that and you know, that process, you know, of me getting into this field, I didn't just start as a recovery coach. You know, I worked in sober living. I worked on, I worked as a clinical assistant, a toxicologist, and an outpatient. So I covered a lot of the bases working in the different forms of treatment. 
And this is really a role that I wanted to settle in because you can be so creative with it. You know, like the underlying theme to working with each client is meeting them where they're at. So, yeah, some clients I'm helping them with financial literacy, maybe helping them get um, some applications for nursing school or college or job applications. So, like, I can really work with them wherever they are at. Sometimes it's just about making a good routine, waking up, making your bed and going to the gym, something like that. And a lot of the time, you know, people in therapy or in group therapy, they're surrounded by four walls. Recovery coaching, we can meet them outside the office. We can meet them for coffee. I work with adolescents who I go and I play basketball with them and then we just have a good conversation about it. You know, like that's part of the passion part of it. That's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And again, these are answers that I actually wasn't even expecting to hear. Like this is actually very interesting to me. So uh, and let, let me go ahead and ask you uh, this. So do you think that there were any type of childhood hobby or habits that you had that, you know, led to the success that you have today? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you think back to when I think back to like high school or, you know, that early adolescence, you know, I was kind of always that person people confided in. You know, they asked for advice, things like that. And, you know, just going beyond that, I also coach high school sports. And just coaching is just something that I've always had a passion for, you know, being there for people, helping them. And you don't really just lead them. You don't just tell them, hey, this is how you do that. You help them come to those conclusions on their own. You help them make the right decision. You help them get into a good routine. And that's what coaching at its basis is all about. You know, if you think of people who are sports fans, if you think of what a coach is, you know, you strategize. But it's up to the player to really make the play. Or, you know, call an audible, some things like that, call the play. That's what I really want to get towards. And that's the mentality I have. So when it comes to like childhood habits and hobbies, sports was a big one. Perfect. 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 And let me ask this. What is the average day like for an addiction recovery coach? Uh, I mean, the beautiful thing about it is, you know, each day, if you're going to meet a client to play basketball or meet them at the gym or meet them for coffee, that that's a regular thing that we do. Um, so people who go to a desk and just sit there for eight hours, that's not me, you know, so I'm very blessed in that respect, but you know, you meet with clients. Um, a lot of what I did, like I talked about creativity. So I work in an outpatient setting here in Westchester County, New York for Mountainside. And one thing that I thought would be helpful, not only to the outpatient program as a whole, but to also our clients was. I sit in on the group therapy sometimes and I'll talk about recovery coaching, but I'll also give them like a different point of view on whatever topic they're talking about. Um, something that maybe they haven't uncovered yet. Um, so it's meeting with clients, um, whether they're in recovery coaching or not, my door is always open. Um, so I'll meet with clients on, you know, on a regular basis, a lot of collaboration, you know, working with your peers and working with your coworkers, um, we're on the phone with each other nonstop because we all have different situations with clients. So it's a lot of collaboration as well. And then, you know, you usually, you usually round it out by just focusing on what you got done that day. So those goals. So like if I have a client coming in, I really want to make sure they set in a wellness plan or I really, or unfortunately if someone has a relapse or something like that, we want to tackle that right on and come up with a plan to go forward. So it really changes by the day, but that's a, good part about the job wow interesting 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 all right so what do you enjoy most about what you do 
I mean, that's a very deep question um, because what I enjoy most, like no one gets in this field to be a millionaire. No one gets in this field for instant gratification. Like you don't make one trade and see, you know, the abundance of money or whatever. It's about long haul. So for me, the best part about my job, and I always get emotional when I talk about it, is when you work with a client for a long time and you see that change. You know, you see them talking to their parents again. Or if you, sorry, I'm getting emotional talking about it. But like when you see them like get into a good, healthy relationship or you see them get back into school and you see them become a success and you really don't think you had a big part in that because you know all the work they put in. But to hear like, you know, you helped me through this, you know, darkest, difficult time in my life. And that when they come out on top, that's it's beautiful. It really is. That's the best part about the job. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and, and I hate to ask this question next, but what do you enjoy the least? Yeah, I mean, that's it's fair. You know, as as up as upbeat and beautiful as the best part of the job is the you know, the part I like the least is just as polarizing. You know, when you see someone do really well and then they relapse and maybe they don't rebound right away. And just to be honest, people die. You know, people die. And that's the saddest part about it, because there's not a lot of people out there educated enough to know, like, if it was up to them, they wouldn't have chose that path. It's a disease. Um, so it's tough to see that. But, you know, on the more day to day basis, the least favorite part is just, you know, dealing with the disconnect between the families and the clients. You know, it's, it's hard because part of my job is to act as an intermediary. And you really want to say to the family, like, you know, hold your horses. They're doing fine. They're just taking it a little bit slower than you think. And you want, sometimes you want to tell the clients, like, hey, you got to step it up. You got to do more, you know, especially when they're in a difficult process of, like, coming off a relapse or trying to get them into treatment. It's tough. But those times, like, you know, it's like I said, it's a marathon. You work in this field for that one person out of 100 that really, truly makes a difference. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, now, this is one of my favorite questions of the uh, interview, and I, I'm really interested in what you have to say about this one. So do you think that grades mattered in school for the success in your career today? I mean, grades always matter. Um, they always do, unfortunately. Um, but just to have a more broader aspect of that, you know, going to school, part of that is just showing up. You show up, you're accountable, you're reliable. That's part of this job. Um, as far as like, do you get a good grade or not? Listen, we all have times in life where we don't get a good grade at something, but it's about how you rebound from that bad grade. You know, if you get a bad grade on a test, what are you going to do? Are you going to hit the books or are you going to push it by the wayside and not care? So for me, when it comes to grades, if they matter for the success in my career, the, what I would say is, they did, because when I got a bad grade, I wouldn't dwell on it too much to where it affected my next test, but I made sure to learn what my mistakes were. Um, do you need perfect grades? I would say no, but the one part about this question, because it's about school related, is I think it's important to have extracurriculars. You know, in this field, you got to be able to work with people a lot from a diverse cultural population. You know, you work with a lot of different people. Um, so extracurriculars, being social, having that aesthetic, I think that's what's important as well. That's the best answer I think I've gotten so far from uh, that question, because not only did you you, you tackle the great thing of, you know, learning from the great thing isn't really, uh, oh, you fail and uh, move on from that and just dwell on the uh, the bad, but learn from the mistake um, and, you know, add value to that. 
And then also you you touched on the social aspect of things. And in school, in the school setting, especially, um, it seems that, you know, when, when you're in school, you're not allowed to talk while the teacher is talking. You're just not really allowed to be social at all. And they really hinder you from doing that. They make it seem like a bad thing. But as you get older and the more people who I've interviewed and the more people I've talked to is um, the social aspect of life is really the most valuable trait. Uh, I was talking to somebody who uh, was like an AI specialist and was talking about, you know, um, how if, is AI coming for your job? And she said the number one thing was having if, if you don't want AI coming for your job, you need to be have that. Uh, they call it a soft skill of, you know, having that leadership and that uh, social aspect and that that stuff like that. So I'm very glad you touched on that. Um, now, let me roll roll on to this question right here. And uh, and again, this is going to be an interesting question. And I feel like you already touched on it. Um, but what do you feel that your impact is? So and impact is, you know, um, some people get a little caught up on that word. So I'm going to really, you know, clarified a little bit and it's really just what you're devoted to and you were really touching it touching on it uh when i asked you you know what do you enjoy the most um and i think that really covered it but let's let's go ahead and touch on it again because uh, i really want people to hear it you know one more time yeah so i think i do think this is an important question to kind of develop more like we said we touched on it before but the impact as far as inside the workplace is listen not everyone's going to be a success story but you can't really measure success in, you know, whether they're totally sober or not in this field. So for me, the impact is if someone feels like they're in a good place, then let's say they discharge. My impact is I want them to know if they struggle later down the line, they know that I'm here for them. They know they can re-enroll. They know like we can pick up right from where we left off and re-strategize. That's my impact because we've had plenty of clients, you know, feel like they're in a good place. They discharge and it's really hard to want to get it's really hard to ask for help. That's the hardest part about this is asking for help. But what I've noticed is they're more inclined to ask for help because of the role of the recovery coach. And I think that's really important because it lessens the stigma of going back to some form of treatment. You know, it helps them be more confident and listen, I've done this before. I can pick up and do it again. You know, like I said, life is all about rebounding. You know, we're all going to get knocked off the horse at some point in some way, shape or form. How do you come back from that? That's what's most important. You know, it always leads me to my favorite quote is what matters most is how we walk through the fire. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, so we're, we're winding down to this last question here. Um, it was an excellent, excellent, excellent interview. Uh, but I have to ask if there is just one piece of advice that you could give to somebody out there listening who wants to be in your position today, what would it be? Um, you know, there's I think there's two sides to that coin. On one side, be realistic, you know. You're not going to be able to save everybody. Be realistic. On the other side is, you know, if, you, if you're interested in this field, have the confidence. Have confidence. Know what you're getting into, but at the same time, the more confident you are, that'll exude to your clients. You know, like, just be confident. And that's just in life. You know, in life, it's easy to be in control when you're on, like, the offensive, when you're controlling your, your life. That's easy. In this field, it's maintaining that control and confidence but being on the defensive you know like I always use sports as an analogy just because that's where my mind goes in basketball the best teams know how to control a game on defense when they don't have the ball that's what's important mm. I try to keep that mentality in this field interesting man what a what a great point and honestly like the the answers to the questions were some of the best I've ever heard from uh, any 
any person that I've interviewed. So thank you, Mike. Thank you very much for, uh, uh, you know, coming on the podcast today. Is there any type of social media website, any type of thing, book, maybe something that you could just promote, shout out, you know, that you uh, maybe my audience can reach yours and check you out? Yeah, I mean, you know, just on a general basis, mountainside.com. I have my profile on there um, as a recovery coach. You can learn more about the services we offer. You know, we also have an Instagram, Mountainside Treatment Center. Um, and as far as books and literature and everything like that goes, I mean, you don't got to be a brainiac. Just just read, read anything. You know, I think that's really important. Just keep learning, keep learning it, whether it's your field or not, like, a lot of what I do in this field is sports related or something like that, which isn't necessarily mental health, but it helps me keep it like one book that I really liked was Mamba Mentality by Kobe, because what he talks about is like, you have to have confidence. You have to be able to grind through the tough pressures of life. And, you know, that's one thing that I found helped me. Perfect. Perfect. And Mike, again, what an excellent interview. Uh, now, folks, there are three types three types of work a job a career and a calling most people have a job you're lucky if you find a career but you're truly blessed if you find your call and i really hope that me and mike helped you find it here today that is a wrap if you enjoyed today's podcast make sure to leave a review so that someone else can discover it too make sure to follow us on instagram twitter facebook and linkedin at yi network for episode updates weekly takeaways quotes of the week and much much more And if you or somebody else you know is passionate about their job and would like to share their story, email us at whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Again, whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Talk to you soon, folks. And I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. I'm willing to go the distance. I feel like I'm up on the mount like I'm pitching. I'm fighting the move.